0: We are Victim of Illusion, you are listening to the tall, friendly Atheist Dead podcast, and the next 30 seconds are brought to you by our album Invisible Light, available at our Bandcamp website. Hello, my name is Damien, the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad, and host of the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode. Wherever you are, whatever time of day it is, and whatever you happen to be doing, I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Hello, my name is Damien, the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad, and host of the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. And this episode is part four of In a response to Off the Curb Ministries' YouTube video, Dear Christian, this is why you never mess with pornography. In the previous episodes, and particularly episode three, I made the point that this guy is either a Poe or his head is so far up his theological backside, to use a slightly crude term, that he's incapable of discussing this subject with any degree of nuance or professionalism. So let's see what else he has to say. But yeah, in the last episode, he discussed his best, his first piece of good advice was to take a two-week vacation and leave your phones at home, then come back and be aware of what your triggers are, which is good advice, but not the only thing, uh, not the only thing to recommend, but Let's see, what he's, let's see what else he has to say.
1: Already feels so much better and so much clearer. Now I've been away from pornography. Another great thing to do to help your brain heal is to radically transform your life in every area. What you need to remember is this. Cold turkey will produce results, but it won't produce lasting results. For you to really break free, you need to replace your old bad habit of watching pornography with a new habit. Look, it's a bit...
0: This is very general advice. This is very you could make this with again any addiction. And this is a problem Well, this is a thing I raised in the last episode is yeah, he everything he says here could be said about every every other addiction. But he doesn't. He just says it's about pornography. And he made the silly quip that pornography is a devil's television network. And yeah, that was that was hilarious. I agree, like changing your life and overhauling it are fantastic steps. But it should be done with the guidance of a professional. Because if you try do it yourself, it's he doesn't tackle the root cause of why you fell into the addiction in the first place. Now, some people are able to overcome addictions by themselves without professional help. That that much is correct. I'll I'll completely agree there. But have they tackled the root cause of why of why they fell into the problem in the first place? And I'm going to relate the the story or the analogy of a guy I know. He is a creationist. He's also an anti evolutionist. He believes that teaching children evolution makes them want to hurt themselves, is the nice, the nice way of putting it. Like they feel feelings of depression when they're taught the theory of evolution. And they feel depressed because they're taught the theory of evolution, because evolution just teaches us that we're mindless and random mutations. No, it doesn't, but that's the straw man. And he was telling me the story of when he was in high school, he apparently had severe depression to the point that he was, you know, thinking of of hurting himself is the nice word nice way of putting it. And when he was telling me this story, I could see his eyes well up in tears. I could tell that he was still affected by it emotionally, you know, 40, 50 years later, which basically says that the feelings of depression are still there. He hasn't tackled the root cause of what drove his depression in the first place. He's built on top of his depression with religion, but he hasn't tackled the root cause of why he had those feelings in the first place. And this guy is a very, very sentimental, he really feels, but just in this like really long three-hour chat that we had where we, you know, tore shreds off each other in public debating, there's a handful of times where his face, his facial expressions and his body language betrayed that he was still feeling the things from 40, 50 years ago. And so what I'm trying to relate to here is that if you don't tackle the root cause, you're not going to fix the issue. You're going to put layers on top of it, but the problem is when those layers fall down, you're back to square one. So let's see what else he has to say.
1: Like this, I don't know if you like hiking in the mountains. Well, I personally do. For anyone who who goes hiking or walking often, you'd be foolish not to follow the path. There's very often a really well
0: Okay, What's the bet he's going to make a path of the Lord reference here, or path of the word, or path of God, or that he's going to spiritualize this in some context? If he does, I'll, I'll scream again.
1: ...well-trodden path, and you know, just follow that path, and you'll get to your destination. But have you ever noticed that sometimes you'll get the really well-trodden path, and then there'll be another path that just veers off? Or if you like, the more um, eccentric walkers or the more um, stubborn walkers have gone their own way and they've carved out a new path. It's not as deep, it's not as firm as the other one, but it is starting to leave its mark. Well, that's what you've got to see the brain like. You see, your brain now has a really deep path which leads instantly to pornography. That is a path that has been well-trodden and you've gone to it many, many times.
0: This is actually somewhat correct. He does have. I just wish he quoted some science about this, but he is. Uh, I will give him points. He is. He is correct. Um, the way the brain remembers things, the basically the brain is a, an experience replay machine. So aside from being an a reality interpretation machine, it is also an experience replaying machine, and. That particularly in times of stress, does tend to rely on what it's been trained to do, or what it, what it knows it can do, or what it knows how to do in order to relieve that stress. It's a little bit like why people say they suffer OCD type symptoms when they're in some sort of distress. So he's right, but not for the reasons he thinks is right. But anyway, let's see what else he's got to say.
1: But just like if all the walkers stop walking on the well-trodden path and they use this other path that veers off, eventually grass will cover up the well-trodden path, and this new one will grow. That's what you need to do with your mind. You need to set a new habit, a new hobby, maybe a new project, something new, which replaces the old habit, and then your brain gets used to going into that place. At first,
0: yep, think guys I have a good point. But again, this should all be done in the framework of a, of a professional. And we're now 16, almost 17 minutes in to a 23 minute, 56 second video. And not once has he mentioned getting professional help.
1: First, you will meet a lot of resistance because your brain doesn't like big changes. But eventually, once you set that new habit in place, it will be harder for your brain to return to the old habit of pornography. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. And everything you're saying could be applied to addictions in general, not necessarily pornography. And I would love it if you had made the general case about addiction and things like that. But I will say I will at least give you points for saying correct things
1: so here are some ideas perhaps um i don't know maybe there's a sport that you'd love to try and play maybe that could be your new hobby perhaps there's a language you'd like to learn maybe you just need to really really focus on your work or on tidying your house and doing up your house manually whatever it is think of a project think of something which you're passionate about which you can get excited about and let that be the thing you focus your mind on rather than giving all of this time procrastinating, watching sinful things on the
0: internet. So this would be what we call distraction therapy, where you have to basically push your brain in order to... Uh, so you do a phys- a productive physical activity in order to overcome the... It kind of relies on the... On the adage, "Idle hands are the devil's tools," and to a point, not that I'm spiritualizing, but in a way, is correct. In that, if you do, if you are going through some sort of issue, then distracting yourself in some way is a good treatment. But again, it should be part of a larger treatment plan, rather than you just pray and wait and see. Okay, so he didn't spiritualise the path analogy, which is so. Like I missed an opportunity to scream. <laughs> Here, let's see what else he has to say.
1: I'll tell you something else. Oh, tell which me something is else. So so important. In breaking the chains of this addiction. Yeah, is fasting. If you subscribe,
0: fasting. <laughs> oh boy.
1: To this YouTube channel, you know I really do believe in fasting and prayer, and in my own life. I've
0: okay, so he does. He he does give spiritual advice: fasting and praying. Jesus,
1: seen it conquer great sins. You see, the disciples once approached Jesus and said, "Why is it we couldn't cast out this demon, but you, O oh Lord, could?"
0: Because you can make fictional characters say and do whatever you like when you're writing the story.
1: And Jesus responded by saying this demon will only leave through prayer and fasting and sometimes there are dark things, there are dark sins which have clung to us for years and years and the only way they can leave is by psychotherapy? Is through prayer and fasting. That's a disappointment. If you've not yet seriously fasted and sought the Lord's face for him to deliver you of this sin or may I gently suggest Today should be the day you start a fast before the Lord. Now I've spoken a lot already.
0: You have, and you haven't made you've made a little bit of sense, but you've over spiritualized a problem that isn't spiritual in the first place. And you said some outrageously dumb things, to be honest.
1: And I want to say to you, if you've watched this long, thank you for being so gracious okay. to listen to what I've got to say. You're welcome. But there's one more thing that I really feel the Lord would want me to to drive home, right?
0: Actually, he also forgot the part where Jesus said, I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to turn family member against one another. Uh, A family will be divided against itself. Father-in-law will be against son-in-law, and daughter-in-law will be against mother-in-law, and father father will be against son. It's, It's amazing. Very rarely do preachers quote that verse. They always quote the... You know all the all the pleasant verses and the you know the the verses they can use to make their points and you know ooh, can you come and pray and fast? you need to pray and fast. But now there was a point I was gonna I was gonna make I want I want to see if you'll make it otherwise I'll make it at the end. Now and
1: it's this I believe there's someone watching this video right now and the reason you keep going back to pornography over and over again is for this one reason, you hate yourself.
0: Mm, No, that you more hate yourself because of issues that lead you to watch pornography. You don't watch pornography because you hate yourself. You get addicted to pornography because there are issues that make you hate yourself. Now he, he may be right. There may be someone watching who will get who will see his advice as sagely and divinely inspired and all that. That to me is the Texas sharpshooter fallacy, where you get one hit in you know in a million, and you claim that that one hit is correct because hey look someone was helped by my advice. Or maybe we should call it the uh, the the financial planner fallacy where. So let's say for example. Uh, A financial planner has a mailing list and to half his mailing list, he says, do X. And then in the other half of his mailing list, he he says, do not X or the the opposite of X. To half those people, he will be uh, a sage and a guru. And to the other half, he'll be just a complete idiot. Then let's say the next, the next month, he emails the people whose advice work he worked out for in the first month. And this time he says, do for half, he says, do why? And then for the other half, he says, do the opposite of why. And let's say this month, why works. So then you have a bunch of people who love this financial planner because, hey, he's given me great advice two months in a row. So let's say in the third month, he then gets his mailing list, and for half the mailing list, he says, do Zed, and then for the other half, he says, do not Zed. And let's say Z works out. So now you've got all these people who say, oh, this financial planner is great. For three months in a row, his advice has worked out. But then you have all these other people who... The advice only works out some of the time, or his advice has never, their advice has never been correct. But then you have the you have this hardcore group of people who go, this financial advisor is so great. Look, I've got these results, these results, these results. Then you ignore all the misses to back up what the back up your belief about the financial planner. And this is a little bit like what he's doing here. Is that? Surely there will be someone who thinks that this video is great advice. But it's not. There are some good points in it, but it's not great advice.
1: You really, really hate yourself. And if we go back to the pornography cycle, we see that shame fuels everything that happens from this cycle. Now,
0: just note that the the music in the background is there to elicit that emotional response as well.
1: Because you feel rubbish about yourself, because you are disgusted with yourself, because perhaps you've had rejection or terrible trauma in the past, it's led you into this wicked sin.
0: And again, this goes to something I've been trying to say all along, is that we do things that are destructive and addictive because of issues in our past because of trauma because of rejection because of stuff so he is correct but he's not correct because of his sp- of of anything he's spiritualized he's correct because of you know good uh, because of what we've discovered through the science of psychology
1: and it's got a hold of you my dear friends i remember when i was really bad with watching things on the internet. There was a bridge that I used to walk across very often and the thoughts, I won't share them with you, but the thoughts I used to think about how I could hurt myself was all because I was so angry and so disgusted at myself for this sin I kept committing. And sometimes preachers say this about this ministry. People have said to me, you're comforting other Christians in their sin. You're not being hard enough. You're not being harsh enough. You need to be more brutal with people. And please don't misunderstand me. There is a time to be brutal. There is a time to rebuke someone, very hard line in the face. But I don't believe when it comes to sexual sin like this, it's appropriate.
0: That would be a... Uh, a rarity in the in the world of uh, Christian fundamentalism, and I believe this guy is a fundamentalist. He's a soft-spoken, clean-shaven. Uh, um, I suppose he's friendly as well, yeah, but he no doubt he is a fundamentalist. As soon as your interpretation of reality starts to include things that you can't prove exist, that to me is essentially fundamentalism. And it's interesting because the historical trend of, you know, rebuking any sin has been to go full force and to, you know, excoriate people and to, uh, make them feel shitty about themselves. You know, it's, so I just find it interesting that maybe he thinks his softly, softly approach will work. You yeah, know, see, see what else he has to say. See what else he has to say in the three and a half minutes this video has left
1: why because the person who's committing sexual sin is already broken and i can tell you right now it's the grace of god that sets people free
0: no it's like you're right people are broken but it's psychology and therapy that helps us undo the trauma that helps set people free
1: you can shout at people, you can get angry at them, but that will just lead them further and further into this addiction.
0: If only other Christians on the internet took this guy's advice. Because, yeah, um, the amount of times I've been in, uh, I won't say flame wars, but I've been in knockdown, down drag-out debates with ungracious Christians, and the amount of ungracious Christians I've had to block... Uh, And for some reason, especially Catholics, that's weird. It's like, why why are they going to? But anyway, um, but yeah, on the, it's more the exception that you get a, a softly spoken Christian who will try to make their rational case. And it's more often the case that you get, and especially with people from the independent fundamentalist Baptist movement they will be openly homophobic, sexist, misogynist. Um, they will act doctrinally smug. And it's just interesting that you know, in the wider body of Christ, it seems that Christ seems to accept these people and give these people signs and say, our, church, our churches are growing and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, anyway gone on a tangent, but let's see what else he has to say in the next three minutes.
1: And I'm in danger now of boasting, but every day i pray to the lord i beg god for all of the subscribers that i have on my channel i plead with god please if there are any of them who are struggling with repetitive sin if there are any who are impure please help them to walk the path of purity i don't want to just say messages that comfort people into their sin and make them more addicted just because that tickles their ears no i can tell you right now i want every single one of these people to walk in holiness because that's what God calls us to do.
0: That's what the fundamentalist whitewash of God calls us to do. And it's interesting that um you Now I say fundamental whitewash because the the fundamental whitewash of God, you know, wants us to love each other and he wants us to care for our families, and he wants us to, you know, be hard on people. You know, be be hard on people who do the wrong thing, except when it's certain sins. and, you know, you gotta, you have to be gentle, gentle, and, you know, care, love the person, hate the sin kind of thing. Whereas if we look firstly at the Gospels, <laughs> Jesus rarely took that kind of, rarely took that kind of, uh, that kind of attitude. You know, he was in the face of the Pharisees. He went into the temple market and, you know, smashed stuff up. Um, you know, even again, I quote. You know, yeah, I've come to divide a family and turn members of the family against each other. And he says to a man burying his you know, burying his father, "Let the dead bury their own dead." Yeah, and then we go to we go to the Old Testament where God has no problem demanding people be executed for victimless crimes. Um, he even wants daughters of priests executed for being prostitutes. I mean, that's a uh <laughs> that is, so he says, Oh, God wants to walk in holiness. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So, if you are watching pornography, if you are addicted, I want to tell
0: you. Well, there's two different things. If you're watching pornography, yes. If you're addicted, no.
1: But anyway. Is something. God still loves you. God's love is unconditional. It's not.
0: God's love is unconditional. <laughs> oh boy. God's, God's love is, con- God's love is unconditional on the condition that you, <laughs> that you obey is, is the short answer.
1: anything to do with what we do. He loves us because he loves us.
0: He loves us because he loves us. Oh God, yeah, that's, uh... Buddy, I, I don't know if you've read your Bible deeply enough. <laughs> you really need to read the Bible with an open mind. Just, yeah, not with the fundamentalist whitewash of God in mind, but with the actual God of the Bible in mind. And see if you can come to that conclusion.
1: And Jesus Christ on the cross, he died for pornography addicts. He died for sexual sinners. He died for liars, for deceivers on the cross. Jesus Christ was punished. And you need to remember.
0: Actually, that raises an interesting point. In Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira died for their sins. So this guy is saying that Jesus died for everyone. He died for liars and deceivers and people in sexual sin and all that kind of stuff. Yet, even in his own book, after Jesus died, God directly killed two sinners. (laughs) And I've never come across a a coherent answer as to why that is. Uh, I've seen avoidance of the issue, but I've never actually seen a proper answer as to why Jesus died for everyone's sins except for Ananias and Sapphira's.
1: That he took the shame of our sin and carried it on the cross, so it's gone forevermore. So I plead with you, if there's anyone watching today who has not yet received that love of the Lord Jesus Christ, remind yourself, God loves me and Jesus died for me and come to the cross and get that forgiveness that only Jesus can give you and let your sins be washed away and dwell in the forgiveness and righteousness of God because anyone who's been born of God is declared righteous and the God of the universe is a merciful God.
0: Except when he's not I'll let him continue. He just sounds like he's going to babble on about preaching and that kind of stuff. And I will get to the verse that I want to make a point about uh, in a sec. So I'll let him... I don't know
1: if there's anyone who's American watching this. Uh, Well, in fact, I do know there's many people who are American watching this because that's the majority of my audience. But I don't know if there's anyone who lives near Niagara River. I've heard that at Niagara River, there's a, a point, and it was once called the point of no redemption or the point of no return and when a ship went past this point it would go right over the waterfall and that was it there was no return but very very occasionally there was a ship one or two ships and a gust of wind once it had gone past the point of no return the ship was saved and the people were kept safe. But I want to tell you right now, anyone who's listening, anyone who is watching this video right now, you've not yet gone past the point of no return. God.
0: Tell that to the independent fundamentalist Baptists. Because, you know, I've on numerous times been called a reprobate because, you know, I haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And, well, you know, I, I used to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, then I tr- investigated the claims of the Lord Jesus Christ found that there wasn't a Lord Jesus Christ. I There may have been a Jesus, but not a Lord or Son of God Jesus Christ. But yeah, <laughs> this is the thing, you know. even Christians can't get their their own doctrine right.
1: God has given you breath in your lungs. There is an opportunity to repent today. And right now I want to tell you, you really can't get free from this sin. So don't lose hope. God is love. And God can carry your shame and take it away from you and deliver you and give you victory from this sin. Now, as promised, here is the video that I told you about. That-
0: okay, so I'm not going to play the rest of the video. So it's interesting that he hasn't really quote he hasn't quoted many verses. And he hasn't, hasn't actually said why pornography is a sin, he he's gone you know oh God has made marriage sex for the the walls of marriage uh, okay whatever whatever that's that's a that's a position that you reach by theology not by not by actually researching anything so almost every time i ask the question why is pornography a sin? Uh, matthew 528 uh pops up where it says uh, matthew 520 let me just double uh, just i'll get my uh, Bible machine out so uno memento okay matthew 5. Okay, Matthew 5, 27 to 29. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. so, So 5, 27, 28. So those two verses are used to say that, oh, even if you look at a woman with lust, you know, you've already committed adultery and adultery is bad. Now, the problem though is, is that... We then get to the next two verses. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. I wonder where the noise is. So... The problem I have with this kind of theology is that why is Matthew 5, 27, 28 taken absolutely literally? To the point that it makes anti-pornography crusaders out of Christians. But verses 29 to 30, where it says, even if you even if a body part causes you to sin, cut it out. Why is that part always taken metaphorically or figuratively and never literally? But the, the first two verses always are taken literally and never figuratively. This is, this is why I have a problem with modern Christian yeah, theology, is that it picks and chooses what it wants to take figuratively and literally and all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, someone once said to me, you know, when I see Christians with missing fingers, I'll, I'll take their claims seriously. <laughs> That's an interesting way of looking at it. But anyway, so that has been all four parts of my response to Off the Curb Ministries. Dear Christian, this is why you never, miss with, never mess with pornography. If you want more thought provoking content, head on over to anchor.fm forward slash TFA dad. Contact me on Twitter at TFAD pod or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash TFAD pod and I'll now leave you with music from Victim of Illusion from the album Invisible Light. See you next time.